Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Well, it's almost midnight on a Tuesday night, November third, November the second, almost November third before election night. I wanted to drop an episode, but a couple of my guests fell through, so my niece Ashlyn Moon agreed to do an episode with me. Ashlyn, of course, being the millennial millennial that she is, wanted to name the episode "Moments with Millennials." However, I told her she controls nothing, (laughs) but she wanted to name the episode that because this conversation is just an example of the many conversations that we have about just topics from adulthood to voting, to being a parent, to college, to finances. And we just touch bases and talk about all the things we share on a daily basis. So you get to have a little bit of insight between what it's like for me as a Gen X to have a good conversation with my niece who's a millennial. Um, And they're often fun and insightful and hopefully she learns from me, but I always learn something from her. So instead, I decided to call this episode Dropping Dimes (laughs) because even though she's a young woman, she's full of wisdom. And in this episode, she's no different. She shares lots of wisdom for the kids in her generation and those in mine as well. So hopefully you will enjoy it and hopefully you have voted. And if you haven't voted in the early election phase, please make sure you vote tomorrow. This election is so important. It is so important for the life of our democracy. It is so important for us to leave a world for kids who will have the right and the freedoms to to express themselves and live a life that they love and that they feel is valuable and know that their government is there to support them. So please vote, stand up, make your voice heard. Your vote does count. And we hope that tomorrow we will show the world who is definitely watching what the United States is really made of. So with that being said, hopefully you will listen tomorrow to this episode on your way to work. Take your mind a little bit off the constant news and the election results. If you have anxiety like I do, this will give you something else to listen to and enjoy. Thank you and have a great day. Hey Ashlyn. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> How was your day at work? You know, work was work. Nothing more, <laughs> nothing less. <laughs> well, I hope you have a good week. I guess I'll introduce you. <laughs> Ashlyn, I'm interviewing today or talking to, not really an interview. We're just gonna have a conversation. Yes, talking around, to <laughs> <laughs> conversation around different topics. My niece. Ashlyn Moon <laughs> and um I've known Ashlyn she is my niece so I've known her all her life she's known me all of her life um I like to think that sometimes she calls me her second mom but you know we know that's not the truth <laughs> <laughs> but we've been um riding this thing out for a while been there with you through high school college now marriage and motherhood so um and we always just talk about different stuff 
different topics. Mm-hmm. It just, just depends on what's going on in, in the world, what's going on in your life. And sometimes, you know, most times you'll run stuff by me and we just have a good conversation about it. And some stuff, you know, especially work, they get on my nerves and I'll come to you or I'll <laughs> tell you the crazy stories about it. Or vice versa. <laughs> True. So um, you want to add anything, give the people a little background? I'm a savage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You summed it up. Okay. So what do you want to talk about first? I got a couple of topics. Kind of wanted to talk about the, because to those who are listening, we, this is actually our second attempt <laughs> at recording. Yes, part two. <laughs> So it's uh, Monday night, the night before uh, election night, around almost 10 o'clock. And we're going to get this in and do our best. So yeah, I did plot out a couple of things that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, one of them was adulthood, because you've often expressed to me your dissatisfaction mm-hmm. <laughs> with it. Yes. So, um, I guess talk about that what are you dissatisfied with about adulthood um I guess this whole the, my career situation honestly is what I'm dissatisfied in I I was told if you went to college and graduated you would come out with that dream job and you'd be making bank and I was gonna be big pimping spending g's <laughs> <laughs> but that was totally not the case that was a lie <laughs> it was definitely a lie but other than that I guess life's great but just this whole career situation is what I'm just dissatisfied in so what is it really like so so say it's a young woman coming behind you mm-hmm. or if at Ryland I'm sorry if Ryland gets to your age your daughter Mm-hmm. Um, and to the world, you do have two children, <laughs> Rylan and Layton, a four-year-old and a seven-month-old. So yeah. if Rylan, <laughs> once she starts to grow up, what would you explain to her about adulthood? How would you describe it? How would you have wanted us to tell you what it was like? Um, Because my whole deal is surfaced around my career, I would honestly tell her and him to start thinking early about what you would want to do in life instead of waiting till you're out of college and like, oh, snap, what do I do now? You know? So you didn't ever think about it with never high school? Which is sad to say, but honestly, no. I was in college. I remember my sophomore year in, high, in college and, you know, that's you're almost done getting your basics out the way. And I'm just like, oh, shoot, what am I going to major in? And I switched to... <laughs> I switched my major like four times, honestly. <laughs> Did you? I never do that. Like in real life. And <laughs> what then, were the four things that you switched to? I'm sorry. I started. I started out undecisive, <laughs> and then I went to social work. And then I was listening to someone at the time, and they were telling me, "Oh, you're not gonna make no money. You're not gonna make no money." But I knew deep down, I liked helping people. But instead of like just going with my first mind and like, no, I'm going to keep social work because it's not about the money. As long as you're getting joy out of what you're doing. I was I was just listening. You're not going to make money. Who was that? Was that me? No, it was not you. (laughs) Um, 
it was my mentor at the time. Ooh. Well, you don't want to call Jaleed. names. <laughs> yeah. I call, just in case oh, she, I remember her. I just remember in case her. she stumbles upon this video. <laughs> she will and I'll have a new listener. <laughs> I remember her. But yeah. Yeah. She told me I was not going to make any money and do something else. And then I was, um, I remember being in the educational building and they were telling me, hey, why don't you just, you know, want this, make this your major. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I don't know what happened with that. And I settled on criminal justice because I was into CSI <laughs> and law and order, <laughs> which is, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> don't judge me, listeners. Do not judge me. Well, don't feel bad. I, I went into uh, criminal justice because I hope she don't get bad, but she probably won't. My sister went to jail, so I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm going to fight the system. I'm going to fight the man. Oh, dear. <laughs> I was mad about her sentence and her time and stuff like that. But yeah, so don't feel bad. I, you know, like I tell you all the time, life is a journey. And at the time, I probably would have told you social workers don't make a lot of money. But, you know, if you're mm-hmm. just chasing a dollar, which is why I got into education, because <laughs> I started yeah. out. You know, history pre-law was my major. I started out as a parole officer. I think I was making like mm-hmm. that first year, $22,000. Yeah. And then they bumped it up. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember you said you thought you was balling. Balling. I was Honey. like, I got a check every month and good is $0 for insurance. I thought I was living the best life. And then, you know, I got my, well, at the time I was living at home. So yeah, that was a lot of money. I didn't have any bills. You were. <laughs> and then, but till I got my own apartment and car. And it was like, wait, mm-hmm. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> then that I, 20000 was gone real quick. Gone. So <laughs> then I was like, oh, I can make more money being a teacher. <laughs> right. And I did. And you got your summers off. Listen, I was going to. And be, holidays. Going to be a big time author. I was going to write in the summers. It didn't work <laughs> like that. And just realizing you know as you go through life like what it takes to actually be an educator I did find Mm -hmm. my purpose in it but I do realize the value of knowing where you're supposed to be and following your passion because money's not everything that's true so yeah that's what I would tell a younger version of me or tell Rylan or Layton like Mm -hmm. you know definitely figure out what your purpose is and you know don't just because it might not make money as long as it brings you joy at the end of the day and you're content with how you live. I just do it. Yeah. And don't listen to other people. No, you got to follow your own mind, follow your passion. The yeah. money will come eventually in some form yeah. of fashion. But if you happy, look at Bennett on marriage at first sight. <laughs> She's so happy. Selling solar panels. But he's a theater director and he's living his best life. We're going to talk about him later. Um, any more? Did you have any questions for me about adulthood? Anything else? Were you ever dissatisfied? Ever? But wait a minute. <laughs> How do I explain this? Of course, absolutely. I don't want to lie to you, especially in the beginning. Your mother, oh God, I think I stayed in <laughs> teaching because of her. Mm-hmm. I was dissatisfied with parole because I felt like the people who I helped 
Well, so you had two two people, two types of parolee. We call them releasees, and I worked with adults at the time. And it was those who were not gonna do rights, and those who did, and those who were not gonna do right, who didn't, who were always in trouble. They didn't. No matter what I did, it wasn't effective. They had made mm-hmm. up their mind what they were 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 not going to do, and that was it. At least in my experience at the time. Um, and those who were doing well, they were motivated to do well without me. So I felt like I was just pushing paper. And then for me, it was like, well, they have some simple rules to, because to me, parole, it's people who have gone, been to prison Mm -hmm. and their, their rules to me were easier. Not that they're easy, but they are easier than people on probation. Probation is designed it's really hard for people to definitely probation. Yeah. And so I felt like if they could just follow the rules on the back of their parole certificate, you know, and get education, it would be much easier for them. So I was like, well, let me do something ahead of time before they even get in the system. That was the other reason I got into teaching. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want to help a kid like me from my neighborhood before they even get caught up. And then you ain't got yeah. to understanding more of what I know now about the system being an education school to prison pipeline, you know, it's just designed not for people not to succeed, but I got exactly. in, that's why I got in it. And so, but when I got, when I became a teacher, I realized, shoot, this is almost worse than working with, releases because you're just getting cussed out you know it's focused (laughs) on that's any job I get cussed out well I don't get cussed out I just get told off by you know those privileged people that's what I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep it at that (laughs) well I was gonna ask you about that a little later (laughs) but yeah I mean but at the time I was about your actually I was a year younger than you I was 28 when I got into teaching and, you know, you be seeing people on TV, they go in and make a change and the kids love you. And it's like, oh, I'm freedom yeah. writers. <laughs> but it wasn't Girl. like that. Like, literally, my first year, somebody called me a bitch. And so having having worked with mostly men in parole and in really rough neighborhoods in schools, because I was in South Dallas and Pleasant Grove, they were really rough neighborhoods, but... I just developed a, a, a really tough demeanor and it's hard to shake that off. So I, you cuss me, I'm gonna cuss you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I really did focus on helping kids and helping them see, like, I probably wasn't the best teacher teacher, but I was good at helping try to kids trying to see that there was life beyond where they were. That was mm-hmm. my goal. Like, this is not your last stop on the journey. And your, your mom will always be like, if you would just help one, if you would just have one and I'd be mad. I'm like, man, forget this job. I quit. I'm done. Yeah. But, but that, I, but that goes outside of teaching too, because even when we, and when I say we, I'm talking like me or, you know, even Jasmine, when we come at, come to you and like, Hey, you know, I think I want to do this. Let's do this. And you're like on top of it. Like Jasmine wanted to go back to school. You apply, apply for college for her. <laughs> filling out fast (laughs) listen do it because I didn't have like my mother my mother was cool she was like as long as you go to school to get a job just don't be her thing was don't be lazy you know what I'm saying so and granny was all about you can do anything you put your mind to but did Mm -hmm. they have the um 
the resources to help get us on that path, not necessarily all the time. And so Mm -hmm. my thing is, you know, just the way we were raised, you know, you got to reach behind and pull those up, pull people up behind. You can't make people come, but if y'all want to do it, that's what I'm here for. Okay. Listen, you got a dream. I'm I'm cheering you on. I'm excited for it because I'm going to be right there cheering. So, and that's how your mother was to me. Like she inspired me to go to college. Cause I, I wanted to go because all, all three of my sisters went to college. They may not have all finished, but they all went to college. Mm-hmm. And so seeing them made me want to go. But like you, I had this dream in my mind of what life was going to be like once I graduated. Like, oh, I'm going to make all this money. I'm going to be yeah. a selling author. And it wasn't like that. So there was definitely periods of, of dissatisfaction. But luckily, I ain't going to say luckily through my faith, having a good family, people I could talk to and express the fact that I was not content, helped me see that it's a journey. And every, yeah. so having if nothing else teaching kept me prayed of, it kept my faith. Cause I've experienced so many things being a teacher. I've experienced kids dying. I've broken up gang fights, kids getting pregnant kids having abortions um kids using drugs I caught a kid one year at a lock-in I'm looking for the kid and I'm like where is he He out in the car smoking weed (laughs) I caught a kid with a gun you know but it's like weed really that bad it'd be different if it was like some you know (laughs) I don't smile I I mean you're at a school activity at home you and I will tell kids in a minute at home do what you want to do that's yeah. not my business. Don't bring it to the campus. That's I true. caught kids in a caught a couple of kids in an empty house having sex. I remember. <laughs> I didn't tell no names. I didn't tell no names. So mm-hmm. I constantly stayed prayed up. And with that, through prayer, I always would ask myself, what's my purpose here? God, gotcha. you have me here for a reason. So yeah. even though I'm not happy, you still have me here. Let me do what it is you want me to do. Yeah. Even sometimes I wouldn't know what it was. I'm like, I don't even know why you have me at this school. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. You know, when Pastor preached uh, one sermon and he was talking about David going through Hebron, trying to get to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. that's me. <laughs> I am him. You got to get to, you got to go to me. Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, man. But I also know that to me, Jerusalem is heaven. And so there's always going to be a Hebrew. And so every time, but I can say this, every place that I've been, God has always used it. Even in my satisfaction, it's whatever he, wherever he has me, it's not just for that place. Cause I always Mm -hmm. ask him to prepare me, but prepare the place as well. Cause I know I'm a handful. Everybody can't handle me. Yeah. (laughs) So, but when I get to where I am, then I realize, oh, he had me there because I mm-hmm. needed those skills from that. Because every every skill that I learned in parole, okay, I've, used, I've used in education. <laughs> I have. And then just think about the school where I am now, you know, with juveniles. Yeah. You know, that's parole and, and education all, in all together. tied together. So I just know that, it, but it took me, you know, um, 
Sister Glenn always says, uh, when people ask her, what did it take for her and Pastor to get to 40 plus years of marriage? And she said, mm-hmm. 40 plus years of marriage. It took me, I've been in education. I've been working now for 26 years. It took me 26 years to get to 26 years or 27 years. So it took every year that I've ever had of, of good times, bad times, rough times, sad times. It took all of that to get here and realize I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, so recognize that as you journey through adulthood, you know, it's an ongoing process. It's a day-to-day, day-to-day journey. It's like, you got to trust the journey. Yeah. But you, 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 it's hard to trust because you're in it, you know, you're in the middle of it. Yeah, definitely. You know, so now I can look back and say, oh, but while I was yeah. in it, I was like, this is some old bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I'm still in it. And there are still yeah. days when I'm like, this is some old bullshit. I... <laughs> and, but I just, I come to y'all. I have a, a you know, good circle. My family's good. You know, I remember one yeah. time um, I had some parents threaten to fight me at Dunbar. I'm sorry, I guess I, I, oh, I sure did. I guess I wasn't supposed to say that on the episode, but I did. Um, I was, I wasn't afraid, but I was like, nah, they messing with the wrong one. And they were waiting across the street for me. Nah, they playing. (laughs) Sandy Sandy and A worked like 10 minutes away from me. And so Mm -hmm. I called, I was like, just FYI, you know, these parents have threatened to fight me. And they waited across the street. She was like, okay, I'm on my way. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I don't want to get fired. Mm-hmm. She was like, you ain't even got to worry about it. And then her and A worked together. And listeners, I'm talking about my two middle sisters. They're older than me, but they're younger than They'll get interviews soon. Hopefully, hopefully. But I called them and A and Sandy, and it's Cassandra and Adrian, we call them Sandy and A. They worked together at the time. And A was in the background. She heard sandy and she was like okay what's going on and i heard her in the back i'm coming too and i'm like oh god <laughs> but just knowing and you know how me sandy a and ty get along we mm-hmm. we be at odds but at the same time we have each other they gonna back. ride out <laughs> and just to know that i got so tickled <laughs> i got tickled because i knew she meant it like she was coming oh, up yeah. there Girl, it's been plenty of times Sandy said she was going to ride out to Houston, Listen. and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have to talk I'm just about leave it. it there. There you go. Because <laughs> one time, I know, I'm so glad she did not. Listen, I was hyped. A was hyped. Your mama. <laughs> she like, stay hyped. Sandy she luckily up. had to work. And I was like, somebody got to have a good reads, good sense. And it was tight because <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> But just to have that, and, and my friends, you know, just calling and talking to them and saying, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I'm going through. And, you know, sometimes you need that that good circle, that village to gas you up. And I, yeah. oh, God has always blessed me with people on my job, like a good mm-hmm. crew, like Sloan and Price, you know, a um, couple of people you haven't met. Uh, Cassandra, we don't work at the same school, mm-hmm. but that's, my, you know, Cassandra taught me how to teach. And he's always blessed. Oh, yeah, I remember people. he said that mm-hmm. on y'all segment. Yeah, but he's always blessed me with people in this journey that I can go to when I need to cuss, when I need to cry, who have my back. Yeah. People talk about you. They lie on you. They go to your supervisor. <laughs> but 
it's Girl. always been somebody who could stand in the gap and say that's not Tracy or this is what mm-hmm. Tracy is really about so yeah I pray for that for you that you have that and if yes. you don't have it that he shows you who those people are in your circle because that little title my little manager tried to put on me <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm gonna just leave that there you're just gonna circle that in prayer and we definitely gonna, we, you're gonna make moves because sis tried it <laughs> um I guess the next one, I, I we talked about friendships a lot too. I guess that's a good mm-hmm. segue into you know the circle in the village of talking about um, you know your friendships because we've had yeah. several conversations about that mostly when you were younger, and I used mm-hmm. to tell you you were the common denominator. But since but, I had friends all along, <laughs> but you be cutting them off, you be mad. I'm like Ashley. But I like I told you yesterday, some people have seasons. That is true. That's absolutely. And when their true. season is done, because I think of it as the people that I'm meant to be friends with or that are meant to be in my life, they're still there. Mm-hmm. And then the others that have come and gone, it was just their season. I learned whatever or I didn't mm-hmm. since we're still not free <laughs> no but um yeah their season was just up do you think and I'm okay you, with that and it's okay to be okay do you think you all are truly not friends or you're just in a different place or why why it, aren't it you probably all friends would be just anymore? a different place mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just a different place and yeah do you I'm feel like saying. you lost friends with became like lost contact? I guess communication once you got married, was that it? No, because my same squad I have before I was married is still around. Um <laughs> Jasmine, Elisha. Yeah, Jazz, Elisha, Coco, Chani. <laughs> my little squad in Houston. I can hit up whenever I'm out there. They came to the wedding. Um but yeah, but like my high school friends, I mean, I was cool with people, but I wouldn't have like, oh, it's a certain group I'm hanging with. You know, I was cool with everybody. So I didn't just put myself in mm-hmm. one group. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing I had a real that. close friend. Uh, I had actually had two real close friends in high school I remember one time when I came back from college you know I'm only here for a weekend if you want to come see me or if you want to hang come see me because I'm trying to get in family time um but I remember I had a real close friend we ran track together and I came home one weekend and I didn't have time to come see her and she didn't make time to come see me I was okay because I was here to see my family um but I remember when I got back to college she texted me telling me how fake I am oh wow how I couldn't come see her yeah and it's like dude I, I came to that. town you can come see me yeah and so after that we kind of like fell off and that was that she hit me up Oh my gosh, if she if she listens to this, I'm gonna be embarrassed. But that was that I hadn't talked to her since college, no lie. And then it was close to it was almost time for my wedding. And she DM'd me on Facebook and said she would like to um celebrate with me. Oh, that was and sweet. I'm like, girl, you <laughs> girl, bye. You may hit me up since college and you wanna come to my wedding, but left that ass on red. Uh-uh. Which was kind of childish on me, but I was like, okay, girl, if I got invitation, if I, if we get some cancellations, I'll let you know. 
And that was just that. I never knew that story. Girl, yes. And then my other real close friend, um, Bria, she probably, she's not, she's not really on Facebook, so she probably won't see the link. Um, I still hit her up now, every now and then, mm-hmm. but they always say, do not move in with your best friends. <laughs> and when we moved in together in college, although she went to U of H and I went to TSU, she moved in, she moved her boyfriend in, they moved a dog in, and it was just like, hell no and I think that put a wrench in our friendship Mm -hmm. and then you know her mom passed Mm -hmm. and it's just we it's like hey girl how are you how's the baby and we just leave it at that which I still touch bases it's me that reaches out I'm I do all the reaching out is never the other way which I'm okay with I just want to make sure she's still good because she did hold a special place in my heart. I remember one time we was in high school and I remember we stopped being friends and I was hurt because mm-hmm. I was like, girl, you my go-to mm-hmm. and you don't want to be my friend no more. Like I was really upset about that. But now, you know, it's just like, like hey girl, you good? I ain't seen you on Facebook. How's the baby? And that's it. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes that's okay. You know, I have a friend that cut me off on Facebook. I I know why, but I don't know why. Cause it was real. Girl, <laughs> it was very. We petty. know who that is. <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. But and you know, I was hurt in the beginning. But then I had to say, you know what? If her cutting me off gives her peace, hey, I'd yeah. rather her have peace in her life than my presence because I know honestly I haven't done anything to her. And so yeah. sometimes it has to be like that. Now I'm not going to reach out, not to her, you know, yeah. but at I the end either. of the day, mm-hmm. I'm not, but there are always opportunities. If the opportunity opens up, I'm not going to, it's going to be like nothing ever happened for me. But then there oh, are other people yeah. that I'm like, cause you know, with us, you know how I think you see it, how me, Sandy and a fight. And we just like, keep rolling. we be mad at each other for 30 seconds, but yeah. At the end of the day, we still in the family text. <laughs> Girl, what you doing? So that's how mm-hmm. I treat my friends. So I think it's okay that y'all have distance. But yeah, I'm different. Once I cut you off, you cut off. Yeah. But if I'm if it's that easy for me to cut you off, we weren't friends, no way. True. And I think <laughs> distance is okay. Sometimes you and you know, I think I learned friendship from my mama too, because mama don't talk to her friends all the time. You know, and I don't either. And. I think that's okay too because mm-hmm. like you know with real good friends you don't have to talk to them Mm-mm. every day um, Not at all. and I learned that from you say you learned that with your mom I learned that from my mom um because if y'all know some- Michelle Michelle she yes. keep a circle small <laughs> small and she ain't trying to talk to nobody every day <laughs> and she not trying to talk to nobody every day and I'm with her not even her sister listen I went over there one day when y'all were in college I was like, oh, Tiger's an uh, empty nester. I'm going to go over there and hang out and watch mm-hmm. TV. You thought? Listen, I looked up and she was upstairs in her room, in her recline asleep. And mm-hmm. I was like, I came to spend time with you. She was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> she was gone. Yeah. And that's just how she is. She don't mean no harm. So yeah, I think that's good. And that's the one quick one relationship I was going to ask you about is um because your mother actually is your best friend. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't that wasn't always the case. 
we <laughs> talked about it a little bit yesterday. We were going to talk about yeah. it today. How did that journey start? Because you used to be mad at her. <laughs> I was only mad at her because she had this tight rope on me when I was in college. And I used to have to lie to kick it until I was going somewhere and I wouldn't. I can say it now because, you know, I'm grown. (laughs) But yeah, girl, I had to lie to kick it. And I didn't like that because I felt like she would give Jonathan, which is my little brother, uh, more freedom. And I was on this tightrope. In college? No, in high school. school. That's how, because you said we weren't weren't close like that before. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I got in college... um, I guess that that's when it switched because number one, I was a freshman. I didn't know anyone. So I called my mama 24 seven all the time when she didn't answer her cell phone. I blew up her work phone. Like, (laughs) Hey, um, Desi, somebody tell her I'm calling her, (laughs) put me on hold. Um, but, but yeah, that's, I can, I guarantee that's when our relationship grew, like, you know, tight. That's my girl. My, that's my backbone, whatever, <laughs> my rib. <laughs> but yeah, it, it started in college. I think that's dope. But she'll tell you in a minute, I'm not your friend. <laughs> All the time, I'll be like, girl, she lying. <laughs> oh, forgive me, she's not lying. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's you know, I'm baby, you can't call her does a lot. <laughs> that right. A whooping. A funny thing is, um, you were saying high school, though, but they... I think she learned that too from my mother and our grandma. They had such a tight rope on me that when I got to college, I, it took me a good, probably a full semester before I realized I could stay out past one o'clock and nobody would care. I was like, wait, in high school? No, in college. Oh, no. Oh, in college. School. Girl, right. I remember it one time my mama had called me. <laughs> my mama called me. She was like, you at the dorms? I'm like, shh. You know, tell the background, shh. Yeah, my mom in the dorms. I'm in the bed. <laughs> I remember when me and Leonard, when me and Leonard was dating, and um, this one, I guess we were serious, quote unquote. And I would be, girl, I'd be over in his little apartments, and she'll say hi, Leonard, and I'd be like, Mom, what you talking about? She I'm, knew I'm in my dorms. <laughs> he knows the truth, but yeah, but shoot, heck yeah. And it finally, it's just, and it felt like freedom. It felt like. I can have some fun. Yeah. But you know, I can honestly say now that I have a daughter, mm-hmm. shoot, Rylan thinks she's gonna be going places and spending the night. And I'm no, she's gonna wear her welcome before she even get invited. <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask you. What have you learned? Because you always talking about these damn kids. <laughs> you ain't got mm-hmm. but these two. damn kids. What have you learned yeah. about parenting from your mother? Um, now I understand why I had such a tight rope because the world is crazy mm-hmm. and you know I am very much so thankful that she didn't allow me to do what my peers were doing mm-hmm. because you know just how crazy the world is and it's way more crazier now than it was when I was a kid mm-hmm. so that's definitely one of the things that you know she did teach me Mm-hmm. Um, another thing would be, oh no, I'm not trying to give her too much credit, so I'm not gonna gas her. Um, my <laughs> whole segment, ga- you better gas so, my sister. <laughs> I'm not gassing her, so still she well. told me, uh-huh. go ahead. So, um, no, I was just gonna piggyback on that tight rope. <laughs> uh-uh, I learned that from her. 
So what would you, since you don't want to gas up, what what would you dif- do differently as a parent? Not to say what she did was wrong, but how would you mm-hmm. just because you're a different woman, yeah, do differently with your kids? Girl, if you let Leonard tell it, <laughs> I'm trying to raise my kids like my mama raised me. <laughs> Listen, he said at the <laughs> wedding, Miss Michelle. You raised the good one. You raised the good one. So <laughs> he should be. But honestly, I probably wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. I want to replicate my mama as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I probably, I don't know, because now that I'm older, I see why she did a lot of the things that she did do. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. So especially I, at not going over to people's homes and stuff, not spending the night. We couldn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she did like like a lot more. Like just not only that, it's just she she was just in our lives, you know, made sure that she was always present. Whatever we lacked or we felt as though we were lacking in some areas, she always like, you know, filled in those gaps if you get what I'm saying so I probably wouldn't change nothing I want to be her oh <laughs> that's so sweet no. <laughs> that's my girl I told you but enough of, enough about her I'm done guessing <laughs> what do you want to say about your kids <laughs> their personalities what do you um, have what do you find sour, one sweet. What, 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 have you learned anything from being a parent like surprising that you didn't know like what it was gonna be like because I remember you uh one you were surprised by being a parent (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) still still surprised (laughs) so like what do you and I'm almost five years in the game (laughs) what surprises you in your five years being in the game um you know Rylan she does things that wow us every day honestly just from the stuff she says to I don't know. She's just, <laughs> they look like something else. So I don't know. Just Rylan is a surprise. <laughs> Pound surprise, Rylan. If you look up surprise in the dictionary, you're going to see Rylan. <laughs> oh, true. She has her own personality. <laughs> she needs yeah, a segment on the show. She would take over. <laughs> um, Another surprise, you know, since she is five, well, she'll be five in January. Um, they when they send home the school send home the schoolwork, I feel those parents when they say if five plus five is ten, you know stuff like that. If little Johnny had three apples and he ate one, how many apples do he have? I feel that, and she's just four. It's just the beginning. Like I'd be like, girl, why that five look like a six? <laughs> she wants you left handed. No, girl, she, I think she, uh, no, she's right-handed. When I wrote with her the other day, she's left-handed. She took that pen because we, it was the opposite, it was right next to mine. So I'm oh, going to have to girl. pay attention next time when we're doing sight words. Is and she then, left-handed? I believe she is. We're going to look. Because mm. uh, how she, she starts the letters the opposite way. I hate that. <laughs> and it be pissing me off. I think it's because she's left-handed. I was like, oh, you got a little southpaw here. And then well, she- you know, she left-handed. We're gonna try to get that um get that scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> they got a left-handed scholarship. Girl, what? No. Yes. <laughs> I never do that. Shoot, yeah. Oh, yeah, we need that. 
Let me see. I um I guess that that was next. We talked about college a little bit. I talked to you about the weed mm-hmm. fund, but again, I talked to you about that because you are the queen of not paying full price for anything. And I started noticing <sighs> that when you were in, in college and you would call me. Oh, hey Tracy, you want to donate to the weed fund? <laughs> you know what? When I was at work, I was sitting here trying to figure out why did I call you all the time to donate to the weed fund but you know when I was sitting there I actually remembered okay in Houston you don't wear a beauty supply store hair you have to go to Mr. Indian or (laughs) she happy hair or a bougie boutique and honey I wasn't about to walk around with no synthetic blend (laughs) from the beauty supply (laughs) on my head could they tell girl because that's (laughs) That's home of the weave, honey. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so my mom, she wouldn't buy weave could, because she said you had her on your head and you, you could. It was so I couldn't too. go to her for weave. Oh. So whatever little money I did have, I would just have you match it. So I could, <laughs> girl, I was in college buying $300 worth of my hair would be $300. I would walk around with $300 of her on my head. Wow. Why? I don't know. No. <laughs> you mentioned, though, a little bit uh, part of your desire to wear weave. Yesterday, you talked about colorism in Houston. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What was the yeah, I did that? tell you. Um, okay, coming from North Crowley, diverse. It was very diverse to an all-black HBCU down in Houston. I, I Like I said, I didn't realize I was black until, I like I always knew I was black, but it was like, oh damn, I'm black, black when I got out there because it was always, um, oh, she cute, but she, you know, for a dark-skinned chick. And that was something I had never heard, you know, out here. Um, and I guess that goes into why I would want to wear weave too, because there was a show called The Game. And mm-hmm. on The Game, they had this character named Jenna. And so everybody thought Jenna was cute. And Jenna would wear a middle part and long black weave. Is that the so, Tika Sumter character? Tika Sumter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I let that shit get to my head. Like, yeah, they, girl, they guessed me, honey. Like, I would be going down the tiger walk and you know people would be like oh she looked like that girl from the game and I'm like you know th- you know throwing out her like who me you know <laughs> oh yeah that's me and then I was dating Leonard and everybody thought he looked like ding dong so I was just was like are we dong? a power couple Daryl and Davis oh from the game <laughs> so you were from the game. Was oh. I was Jenna and he was Daryl so I really wore weave because not only was I this little dark skinned girl that was cute for a dark skinned girl, but I was a baddie because I was this dark skinned <laughs> girl with this long weave and I looked like Jenna. You so silly. So how did, when you would hear that stuff, like she's cute for a dark skinned girl, how did it make you feel? Like we won't um, make this all about colorism, but I'm just wondering. Yeah. I don't know. I was a little indifferent. Like, at first, I was like, what the hell? Cute for a dark skin girl. Because, like I said, that was new. I would, I never heard that for real. Like, not even, like, no lie. I had never heard that from, you know, out here in 
being in Fort Worth, Texas, going to a you know a diverse high school, middle school, elementary, um, and then I don't know. I just I don't know. I just thought I it was just weird, you know. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, if you're cute, you're cute. I think I want to yeah. have you back. I like. I think I want to do an episode all about colorism and then mm-hmm. have you and a couple of other people on maybe two or three dark skin friends and two or three light skin friends because that's a conversation yeah. now especially because you know if you look at me and my sisters two of us are considered dark and two of us are considered light but really they're just yeah. brown skin to me exactly and you know one the of the same is, for me and my kids too you know mm-hmm, yeah for like well, you um, and your mom, because people would think you weren't your mother's child. Yeah, that too. And like, I if I'm with okay. y'all, y'all do look alike. If I'm with y'all, they think you're my daughter, but not her daughter. True. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's her mama. I ain't got no kids. And they would think I was Sandy's daughter, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bizarre. Well, I got hustle. But yeah. Fun. I need my money And back. then... <laughs> but um speaking a little bit more back on color colorism i remember after i had rylan mm-hmm. granted she was a little white baby she was. <laughs> she was hella bright but you know um if leonard listens to this he probably won't it's leonard but um and i'm not that bashing his family but they would piss me off honestly when they would be like "Ooh, rylan a little light-skinned she light-skinned and i'd be like rylan black she black at the end of the day she black and I didn't want her to grow and then honestly that's another reason why I was kind of hoping I didn't have two girls Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have it's crazy but I didn't want to have one a lighter complexion than the other because Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to have you know that's how you get divided and competition mm-hmm. start. And no, I want them to be treated equally. equally. And I know if they were doing that with Rylan alone, they would do that with Rylan and baby Danny. Cause I was going to be Danny if I was a <laughs> girl. Um, and I, I didn't want that. I don't blame you. And I, and I think I told you this, this weekend, like with me saying A and Ty, you know, two of us are dark, two of us are light. Now, my family didn't treat us no different, but we would hear, at least I did. I don't know about their experiences. I felt like people would say stuff to Tyg and A and treat them a little differently than they would me and Sandy. Yeah. We might get, oh, y'all cute for dark-skinned girls. Well, why we just can't be cute? But that was <laughs> exactly. the world. But our family was like, A will gas you up. She don't care what you look like. If you're cute, you're mm-hmm. cute. You know what I'm saying? She's trying yeah. to style you. She's going to give you something that make you look good. Yeah, definitely. It, it's all about, you know, so us as a unit, we didn't do that. And so when outside people did it. It's like, oh, don't come here with that. We didn't. Yeah. But do you, if you think about it right now, because I'm looking at like the time that we're in with the injustice system and, you know, Black Lives Matter. At the end of the day, it don't matter light skin, brown skin, mixed or whatever. If you black, you black. And that's what they taught us at home. One, They taught us, which is perpetuated from slavery, but they, to me, it prepared us for the world. One drop. If you got yeah. one drop, you're a black person, period. Yeah. 
and they're gonna but i'm saying like right now Mm -hmm. yeah but like have you like like now you don't really hear it as much Mm -hmm. because of the time that we're living in right now you know Mm -hmm. because i I guess, you know, you would see posts on Facebook like, you know, light skin winning or dark oh, skins yeah. are in season right now. Yeah. I don't see that right now. We ain't got time for that right now. We got to stick together. <laughs> most, of that, most of that is usually in jest because, you know, me and Ty, I pick on Ty and be like your daddy white, stuff like that. You no, know, you remember we used to say, no, I think I used to tell her, girl, you was, you used to work, you was the, you was the house nigga. <laughs> say stuff like that like we do it at the gym like i mess with my line sister kim be like kim you was in the house me and chris was outside in the field. yeah because like, don't Leonard say that it too because leonard would be like i was on the porch because <laughs> you know he not light-skinned he not dark but he'd be like i was on the porch so i think we do that in jest you know but at the end of the day now we can do it to each other can't nobody from the outside do that but yeah. also too right now is not the time like Mm-hmm. we all we all black right now everybody yeah. you know we're gonna sink or swim together and but those issues once we get to a place where how do i say it, it has to be addressed period we gotta mm-hmm. discuss it because once we can't have justice in a nation from the majority meaning the white culture or whatever or the government and we're still infighting as a culture yeah. within, you know, treating yeah. each other like crabs in a barrel. Based Jonathan on say all the time, time, yeah. Jonathan said if black people knew how power powerful they were, like united. we could shut man united. We stand, honey. There you go. Trump supporter. Who? I mean, think about our culture and the people. How how the like we drive the we drive not just our own culture but the culture yeah. of the world. Hip hop hip-hop you know how they move product how they move the economy mm-hmm. we spend money more than any other culture i believe yeah you know and so yeah because you we, did, what was that you mean you talking when we were talking about um cardi b in mm-hmm. the birkin bags oh, and no, the red bottoms me. oh well um maybe it was me and my mom were talking she was saying how you know before cardi b were you know was talking about you know her song red bottoms mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure people was buying red bottoms, but apparently the sales went up uh, yeah. after Bodak Yellow mm-hmm. and that red bottom song. Because I was that? like, a what, what are red bottoms? Mm-hmm. And y'all had to tell me exactly. So you get the right person. In this, end it now. I'm False. I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> but you get one person. There's a documentary. This is way before your time. But um, there's a basketball, um, Michigan. Was it, it's Michigan, the Fab Five. It's like Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, Ray, I think Allen. I can't remember his name, but it was five black basketball players. And they was like, they were the bum, but they they exuded hip-hop culture. And mm-hmm. they started wearing their shorts with the uh, um down to their knees, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. they changed how people looked at clothes, shoes, just with them playing basketball. And it's called the Fab Five. Look them up. But it's like we drive what what the people like, what what's popular. Yeah. Like, I mean, because you know, we popping, they want to be like us so bad. Like girl magic. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but even with that, even with driving, you know, the culture and what's popular and what's fabulous, you tend to save your money. Well, you you don't save it, <laughs> but you don't spend it all. Yes, we like we discussed you yesterday. You don't pay if full price any, for that. Anything full price will go on sale. I'm dropping dimes for whoever's <laughs> listening. Anything full price will go on sale. <laughs> you dropping dimes. <laughs> dropping dimes. Pick them up. Dropping dimes. Well, don't ever pay full price because it will go on sale. I'm going to have to learn that because my patience yeah. is bad. Now, I have discovered mm-hmm. the Ross TJ Marshall. And then, too, this is how I feel, too. If it's something I really, really want, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. But if it's something I'm like, mm, you know, I can... I can wait. And if it sold out in my size or not even in my size, but if the, whatever it is, the item sold out, it wasn't meant for me to give it no way. So <laughs> now I have started to develop that a little bit more. Like I will, I think there's a, maybe a Libra trait between us because we share mm-hmm. a birthday month. I, if I'm going back and forth about it, I'll be like, mm, put it back. Yeah. Back. Exactly. If you come back and it's there, it's meant for, for you. Mm-hmm. but it might still be full price the only time i don't do that is if it's the last one it was already meant it was written <laughs> for you to have it it was yeah man what's odd is you found a mate who absolutely has the same financial <laughs> no ma'am you don't think we so? are not the same hell no <laughs> is he worse Leonard or better worse oh he's cheaper what <laughs> Like you say, you're like Ross Target. Leonard is Goodwill. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. JK, JK. Leonard just doesn't believe in spend. Like I could be like, hey, the kids' clothes is winter time. Riley can't wear these faux three and faux tees no more. And he'll be like, all right, go get it like two shirts. <laughs> Nigga, two? What? No, Leonard is definitely frugal. If he could stretch something, he the type that even though it's not him i'm just giving an example he would put if if we had like maybe a fourth of a carton of juice he gonna put water in it (laughs) mix it up (laughs) don't don't laugh we grew up like that as kids not juice but milk you ain't got enough milk you put some water in that milk (laughs) shake it up you got serious i'm not saying that's what he do but that's an example we did it (laughs) Frugalism. We did it because of survival. I don't know why he does it. But I yeah, admire I that, like that y'all are very financially uh, conscious about not wasting mm-hmm. money. I think that's good. And then too, Leonard likes to spend money. Leonard does big purchases. Mm-hmm. Like he'd rather spend his money on a vacation. Oh, okay. So he'll tell me, hey, because I like to shop. He'll tell me, hey, I want I want to see shoes I like or you know these tops or whatever and I usually get those but Leonard he's all about he's saving his money to go somewhere like he got a trip planned in December I'm like oh. what about me oh he but it's a boy's trip so I ain't tripping yeah but he he loves a vacation now I do want I was gonna ask you a couple of questions about marriage but I think I want y'all to come by yourself but mm-hmm. what have you learned um, what would you tell like people, women your age who say they want to get married? What have you learned? What's different? What is it what you expected? Um, 
honestly, I feel even though me and Leonard, me and Leonard, just to put this out there for others that are listening, <laughs> um, me and Leonard have been together a total of nine years. So mm-hmm. within those nine years, it feels the same. Been together a total of nine years, we'll be married three in March. And it just feels like we're still dating. Oh, that's good. I, think I guess good. because you're supposed to date, you know, you're never supposed to stop dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. That's, he yang, I'm yang. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I want y'all to come but, back maybe for your uh, three-year anniversary with the episode of Young Love. Yeah. But I would tell, honestly, what I would tell someone if, you know, someone trying to get married or whatever, mm-hmm. be friends first. Because me and Leonard were friends before we were dating. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I didn't even like Leonard. <laughs> I didn't. I thought he was weak. I, he was like, oh, he's cute, but I didn't want him. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. But then I, we established a friendship. So mm-hmm. for those young women out there longing for this marriage, you know, befriend someone first before you dive in because she marriage that's a commitment y'all locked in for life ain't no divorce that's right listen <laughs> y'all a couple goals for me the old one <laughs> so i'm gonna move on because it's late we gotta go to work tomorrow but i do want to talk to you about a couple of things about faith then mm-hmm. um a couple of questions about tomorrow the election day and mm-hmm. then we'll wrap up with a couple of my one of my favorite memories <laughs> and then questions uh anyway I'll just wrap it up we'll see where it is but one thing I did want to just discuss a little bit is I see um millennials I think struggling with their faith I guess with what everything's going on in the world and people claiming to be Christian but exhibiting not just racist traits but you know misogynistic traits and um, just hateful things being put out mm-hmm. there by some people in the Christian community, but not everybody. And so, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of tradition and super rules about abortion. And I think people turn away from it, mm-hmm. you know, especially younger people who have been brought up to be more inclusive. Like you said, you went to an, uh, a really diverse high school. So you may have mm-hmm. had gay friends, you mm-hmm. may have had um, Muslim friends or just different people or had class with them and your parents taught you not to hate them and a lot of people it just seems like the energy that I see on my timeline is people are turning away from Christianity and more towards some more like self-help things like these yeah. crystals and yeah you know or they're saying I'm 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 not religious I'm spiritual but they can't necessarily yeah. define what that is exactly and but you have not you know you continue to stay strong in the in the faith mm-hmm. and you know you study your word and I just want to know why do you think people you know do you agree or disagree with what I'm saying and what has kept you in in the faith um I think it's how I was brought up like I was raised in the church went Monday through Sunday (laughs) and 
it, you know, I think it, 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 like I know for a fact, it was just what I was taught until I was able to develop my own personal relationship. Disclaimer out there, I'm still a work in progress. Like I'm not like this, just holy thou art, um, you know, because being human, you know, I do question not God, you know, my beliefs or anything, but I do question like, dang, Lord, why, why are you putting me through this? Or what is it that you're wanting me to see? Or why is it taking me this long to get through or get to, you know, the next step? Um, But, you know, I guess being in Bible study and like I said, seeing the Lord work not only in my life, but in lives of other people, it's just like you you can't help but to be like, man, that's God, you know, that's it is is real, you know. So I guess that's what has kept me grounded in my faith. And now, you know, doing daily devotionals as like like I said, you know, getting to know the Lord in a more personal, a more personal setting with, you know, just me and him. Um but as far as like other people, I think media has a lot to do with why they're a lot of people are, you know, trying to do this whole crystal deals, burn, burning sage and stuff. I know some people personally that, you know, aren't religious, they're spiritual and, you know, can't define that. And that's, I mean, that's the only thing I could think of is just media. And then I always say too, you know, for new Christians, and I'm saying people that have just given their life to Christ, mm-hmm. they are more so, they tend to listen to T.D. T. Jakes and, you know, um, Joel Osteen, not knocking them, but I feel like those are feel-good preachers. Like they say stuff that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they tell you, oh, um, keep praying and trusting that door is going to open that next door that's your door you know that car you've been praying for you got that car and you know like you like you know those new Christians they're like okay because T.D. Jake said it or you know that that's a man of God I know this is going to happen and a lot of young people are more so on the you know if I do this God is going to bless me with this mm-hmm. and it's it's usually like material things and not just I think and that's another thing I think people look to God for material material blessings instead of he woke you up Mm -hmm. that's that oxygen that's that that what you breathing you know you can't buy you can't buy that you know right and so I, I think people get confused in that sense as well just to sum that up. <laughs> so Hopefully if, I didn't lose anybody. You don't you didn't <laughs> lose anybody. Listen, evangelist Amun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, uh, uh, if if someone came to you and told you they were struggling with their faith, uh, say some one of the youth at Mount Island at our church, mm-hmm. wh- how would you handle that? What would you say? I'm gonna say, girl, you need to go to the tribe of Judah class, honey. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, tribe of Judah? <laughs> um but not if they were struggling like you know you gave me good material um like we're doing that you know you say you was going to do it again with me but that draw the circle book you know it gives you real life 
testimonies, like what people have gone through and, you know, what God has brought people through and they put that on paper um, and, you know, telling them, I would give examples of things that I've gone through mm-hmm. and what I've seen the Lord do in my life. And not only that, just, um, I don't know, like right now we have a little group at work where we, you know, people don't do test give testimonies, but, you know, we do discuss the Lord and I don't know, try to get them help like that. Mm-hmm. I do like but what you said. If, oh. you're, if you are struggling, I do believe that you should have some, you, you got to be led by the right people. Right. And then two, you know, my mama tell me all the time, everybody can't pray for you. <laughs> yeah so just you got to get with the right people not them people with them crystals and burning sage and you know and a lot of people is they they try to find the science in god you know and you there's no science there's not I mean, science has an explanation. There's a rationale behind it. It's about proof and and stuff. And God is about faith. Exactly. Sometimes faith, you just don't understand it. You You don't understand. You don't understand. And it's just some things, even in science, there, there are just some things I just won't ever understand. So I have to trust that God has my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why I do like the fact that you said that, you know, a lot of times people are praying for material things, Yeah, you know, or they're praying in, in my own case, I, I pray for something, but, and I want it to be solved in a certain way. I want God to fix it how I want him yeah, to fix it. Exactly. But the one thing I do like about that book and my line sister Katrina gave me that book It's called uh, draw the circle. Mm-hmm. It's um because there were some instances in there where they prayed for some material things, but what it did show me was that it's not just necessarily material or what you're praying for is the prayer mm-hmm. journey. My yeah. prayer started out maybe 10, 15 years ago, or it might've been a prayer from my grandmother and to see it evolved and how God dealt with it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be handled this way or yeah. at this time, but it doesn't manifest like that. But how yeah. God handled it was exactly what needed to be done when it needed mm-hmm. to be done. So I just wanted to, I've just admired how you are continuing to walk the faith and trust Christ in, especially yeah. in a time like this with everything yeah. that's going on. And I kind that, that's what led me to, um, I created a few more questions. Oh, <laughs> um, no. They're not, not bad. Like 12. Yeah, it's like legit 12 o'clock. <laughs> it is not 12 o'clock. It's 11 p.m. <laughs> it's I time. had to wait on you and your kids. <laughs> Darn it. But just a couple because you know it's been a 2020 has been a really challenging year like even i think it's been challenging since 2016 (laughs) and that's what i want to talk about with especially with the election tomorrow and i thought it was just appropriate to either touch to just to see where your mind is at how you feeling about tomorrow um are you excited are you nervous are you anxious um I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> you just, just, I'm just, just, and there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but the reason I talked about it, I brought it up because I thought about, you know, remember the whole, what happened with George, George Floyd. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were protests all around the mm-hmm. world. And we didn't yeah. think there were going to be protests in Fort Worth, but there were. Pause. Talk, you gonna tell about that time we rode up on that protest? It was like I did four people outside. <laughs> our first attempt at the protest, but first before we talk about that, what made you? Because you felt compelled to do something to participate. What yeah. moved you to participate? Because I'm tired of us dying, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like they can kill us, and it's just okay. Yeah, seems like. But also too, you had talked about your concern for your son yes like I'm raising a black male I have a black husband a black brother and a black daddy if no one would stand for them I'm damn for damn sure gonna stand for them and you know it's just scary how only black people and I'm pretty sure Hispanics too they're the only race that I feel have to teach you how to respond in situations or how to cooperate when you're, you know, I guess when you're in the presence of the police, like police, police officers, or mm-hmm. whomever, you know, it's just, we have to make sure we're, um, I don't know. It's, we just have to, we have to act a certain way. We have to make it comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And, I'm just, I just, mm, I don't know. I don't know how it makes, it makes, I'm not going to say I live in fear because I do trust in the Lord, but, you know, human, you know, you're human. So at times you do get a little fearful, like, you know, that could be them, you know? Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do? We're going to have another protest and it's just going to get swept under the rug. Right. Absolutely. That's how it feels when I say absolutely. Like, here we go again. Someone else has died, and we're going to cry out and scream out, and then nothing else happens. And that's why. But tomorrow- although with those officers with George Floyd, they did drop it from um, third degree to second degree. Now we just waiting on that first degree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> first degree, I believe you got to prove intent. But to me, I mean, you sitting there and the dude saying, I can't breathe, but I'm yeah, not going to turn And then and they had another run in at the nightclub or something like that, right? Yeah. Or he, he and George had, like, he knew him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, we we talked about it, you know, because I think it might have been John John was telling us, hey, they're protesting. We were like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we was ready. We had our signs. Talk and about we didn't that. have signs at the time. Talk, talk about that first attempt. Tell the listeners about our first well, attempt. Number one, it was already hot. So we was like, ain't nobody going to be out here. But John the us it was going to be in front of the courthouse downtown. So me and Tracy, we ready. We hype. We got on our shirts, our Black Lives Matter shirts. You know, Rosa Parks, we out. No, Harriet told me we out. Rosa Parks, nah. You know? And, and we roll up. We like, okay, ain't nobody here. So... We were like, okay, well, let's go around to the front of the courthouse. It was about like five people. And surprisingly, it was no African Americans out there. Uh, <laughs> they were, it was all they were, right. it was white people. So <laughs> we were like, oh, okay. I don't think <laughs> we went home. And they were out there with their signs. You know. You know, I, I get them props though. They held it down until the real protest came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were there first. 
But then we did we'll protest. Shut up, drove drove off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> well, we went back later that day. Just tell me, I guess I want to ask you, how did it make you feel to actually participate? What did, did, did you walk away feeling better? I or? did. I think I felt too good. I thought. I thought I was part of Black Panther when I went to work because I was like, you white hoes been I say shit to me. <laughs> Ain't gonna lie, that's how I feel. I felt like I was powerful. Right. That's what I Because I felt like I did something in life. Right. <laughs> if I ain't do nothing else, I marched in the protest. There you go. We And we got pictures. <laughs> and videos. I got proof. I did, like I felt like I was marching with Martin. Like no Listen, lie, you never know. Martin could uh, he might not be his uh, Martin now, but the Martin at the time he might be in that crowd. We don't know until yeah. we get to the end yeah. of the journey. But I feel you on because my line sister, because you know me, COVID. I was like, I ain't talking to nobody. Don't touch me. Put your mask on. Oh yeah, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and I was like, man. How are we going to protest in the middle of a quarantine? Yeah. Uh, I put that mask on and I went down there. And um, my line sister Donna asked me, was like, you protested? I was like, I'm going to either die from COVID or I'm going to die from them killing me. So which one True. I want to stand up for? So I had to take a risk in that moment to at least express how I felt. And for me, like you, I felt powerful. Like at yeah. least I can say something about how I'm feeling about what's going on. And it felt good yeah. to see. It did. Not just even, and it, I should have known because the first protesters were the five white people. And when we got down there. <laughs> it was more, it was, they bring their cousins. Listen, they was like, hey, we showing up for the, we showing up for the protest. Bro, when I saw the Amish was at the protest. The Amish was, was at the protest. <laughs> They came for the cookout to the city, and it was obviously don't come to the city for nothing. Okay, and then if there were people down there instigating as well, trying to make the protest violent, the instigators I can say were not black. They were not. They would, and we we saw them up close and personal. Mm -hmm. But I also too knew. I learned protesting is for young people. (laughs) True. You know my my feet your hip was hurting. I had blisters. My, on you my sure feet. did. You walked blisters in your feet. My my sciatica got to acting up. <laughs> they were still going. We had been there for good what two three hours. I, I was like, we we circled. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, damn, it ain't over. Right. <laughs> I was saying the same thing too. And Jojo was he was still in it. I was like, man. Let's go. And I'm glad we Jonathan went back me. multiple days. He did, but I'm glad. And so I have, I have donated to different causes. I'm like, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Protest to the young kids. I ain't gonna lie, I'm gonna sign a petition, but when they get to, <laughs> you gonna give, I be like. <laughs> but it takes everything. It takes all of that. So don't be yeah. ashamed of that. Like when I was your age. I signed a petition I, real quick. I probably wouldn't have donated when I was young. I didn't have the money for that. But now, yeah. and it's not a lot when I donate, it's five, ten dollars. And it takes the it takes the John Johns who gonna show up and make noise. It takes your True. name and the numbers, mm-hmm. and it takes the money. So I just realized physically, let me leave this for the kids because these shoes. <laughs> yeah, but it will. It felt good. It felt good to do it with y'all. You know, to do yeah. it with family. And I I think back on book 
Book would have been proud in heaven. Oh yeah, Book was a protester. That's our uncle, our uncle Wendell mm-hmm. Cass. He was. What was his uh, name? His Black Panther name? Saguri Far. <laughs> Sigur- that's Saguri Far. Saguri Far would have been proud, and that's what he fought <laughs> for for us to be able to do that. And had he been here and been younger and healthy, he would have been be in the out crowd. there. He would have been out there. So with that, I think I'm um I'm gonna start wrapping up. I do want to tell you about one of my favorite memories <laughs> that we had. I want you to tell it if you remember it was when you got uh because I think you you know I talked to Jasmine and we laugh and we talk, but you and I talk more often. We talk about different mm-hmm. stuff. So I Jasmine usually has Sandy to be there for her special moments. Yeah, usually I'm there for, and I invited myself onto your proposal day that's my favorite memory <laughs> because oh, Lord. Jonathan I think and Leonard told me what was going on but that's my favorite memory but it's not for the reason you think or the people think <laughs> that my favorite memory is because I thought I won that ten thousand dollars <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> my nigga was lit <laughs> remember so for everybody listening <laughs> where was it? it was like like at the uh grand prairie bef- the, yeah the grand prairie um lights you know Christmas uh, lights or something like that and it was at the entrance before we uh, no we had drove through mm-hmm. the first part and then they had this little area where you can like take pictures get, out. Eat, get a little something yeah play games play games well Tracy decides that she's gonna spin the wheel and play this game and it hit 10,000. It hit with winner or something like that. It, was it winner? It was but winner. It was, but we knew it was ten thousand dollars. How do we know it was but it was like grand prize winner or yeah, something like that? Right. Um oh yeah, and everything else said little different things. And that yeah. one that you hit said winner, bro. Tra- Tra- Tracy and Jonathan. <laughs> It was like, Lit, yeah, honey. Listen. yeah. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy had made plan, made plans for that money. She was gonna get her mama a tub. <laughs> it was funny because she was like, I'm gonna buy mama this new tub. I'm gonna get her this roof. <laughs> I'm gonna get her floor level. She gonna get new carpet. Listen. Like you had remodeled Granny's whole house with that tent with in like thousand. five seconds, dog. <laughs> And Jonathan, his voice was so loud, like the whole place. It was a good two hundred. People turned people. around. It was like looking like what? And that lady turned around and said, "You can pee from, you can pee from this little, this little table." <laughs> I was so hurt. <laughs> I ended up with a selfie stick. <laughs> I was hurt. This <laughs> is funny though. Uh, okay, before we wrap up, a couple questions about. Um, you know, I do want to put you on blast about your reading skills, but I'm not. We'll talk about reading another time. Let's talk about marriage at first sight. I'm going to drop oh. another dime. If y'all read Jason and Kyra. <laughs> bro. <two. laughs> let, me, let me set the stage. Ashlyn is not very fond of reading. So I, high... no, I told, Like I told you yesterday, I read everything. I read articles. Art. I read posts. <laughs> How you think I get all the tea? Because I read knowledge, let me, honey. Let me finish my story. So in <laughs> high school, she needed to read a book for a book report. Was it Miss Wiley's class that you have her? No, I didn't have Miss Wiley. So I had read a book. I used to read young adult books, and I still do to figure out what my, my students were like. And I found a book called Jason and Kyra. 
Ashlyn read that book every year <laughs> for four straight years. I wrote and it. did that same I, book. I think report. I wrote. <laughs> I think I did it for college too. You tried. I, I think, think your it. freshman year. I think you tried, and I was like, no more. You can't. <laughs> And the second book Shoot. I recommended to her, she had finally graduated. I don't think she re- read anything else in that time. It was the coldest winter ever. And I can't stand that book. <laughs> We're going to talk about that when the is the movie come out or the sequel or something in March. In March. Yeah. But our show we watch on Thursdays is Marriage at First Sight. And so every Thursday I go to help her with these damn kids that she likes mm. to call them. Just to help out so she can bathe one and feed the other. And, you know, as we are, as I'm helping, we watch Marriage at First Sight. Um, So season 11, New Orleans, who's your favorite couple? Um, Armani and Woody Woody. off top. My least favorite, even though Olivia and Brett had their own thing going. And I liked Henry. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. I really did. But least favorite. I loved Miles, but I hated Karen. Karen was my least favorite. I'm not even going to put her in a couple. She was the least favorite? Yeah, I did not like her Mm -hmm. at all. And my least favorite was Christina because she was rude and she she was homeless and needed a place to stay. They need to hook up (laughs) with Matt from like season nine because he was homeless too. He was homeless too. Two homeless (laughs) people can't be homeless together. You know, I don't know if you missed saw that episode where she went out one night. She was like, I'm going to hang out with friends. And she was was going to walk. walk, And she was hanging out with her friends. (laughs) So you remember Matt didn't come home that night. (laughs) He left his ring in the drawer. I'm like, they would be perfect for each other. I yeah. think my favorite couple, you know, Woody and Amani. Woody almost had me crying. I was like, twice <laughs> on the reunion. Too. Twice, like, oh goodness. Yeah, I like them. They cute. I they did. were cute. They were really. I knew they were gonna make it when I saw her bid one that Walmart gown. I don't know. I didn't think they was gonna make it because I thought we thought she was a little homely, and yeah. Woody was kind of cool. You know, yeah. he, he had a little swag about him. He did. Felicia says he's she can't stand the way he dressed. But I don't that, like the way he dressed either. But you know, you can't tell him he not fly. You cannot. And he's mm-hmm. actually really smart. Girl. Then, um, Calculus, honey. Right. Mm-hmm. Why I keep saying honey like I'm old, honey? <laughs> Listen. But Babe, that girl, Walmart no. gown, her wall sconces, and that peach bed spread. I was like, oh, they married for real. This ain't for a TV. Not for real. They done made a home. This I knew me and Leonard was gonna be together forever. How? Because um, girl, I would wear granny dusters, <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, he the one. <laughs> I just remember Leonard, you know, I called him Leroy forever. Yeah, brought him home for Christmas, and I was like, Who is this nigga? Because <laughs> he was there, like, he was he met you, at, like, like he I came there. to the door, yeah, and he was behind you, mm-hmm. like, Hi, Tracy. <laughs> like I tried my best to be mean and rude, and it just—he kept the same attitude. Yeah, that's what be pissing me off about him. I'd be like, "Nigga, get book, <laughs> get mad." Like I'd be like, "But that's the I thing. Mad? It's probably you because he's nice all the time. You probably don't ever want him to get mad because usually people like that are crazy. Calm <laughs> down. He very rarely gets mad. Exactly." It takes a lot to get mm-hmm. get him upset. And then, like, you know, there was a time period where I was like, oh, I got to watch him. Especially once he plays Q, just me knowing how Q Honestly, are. no, it, it wasn't even that. Because he played Q 
And that was it. I, I mean, I pledged with him. His line <laughs> brothers call me his line sister. They line sister <laughs> in real life. But no, I think the only time Leonard was on the rocks is when we broke up his senior year. Because he pledged that. his sophomore year. I, I was there for the probate. That oh, took yeah. forever. It took forever. <laughs> I drove from, I went on a professional trip. I was in Beaumont and drove to Houston to see Leonard cross the yard and I was oh, like yeah. HBCU they not on time <laughs> I need to right <laughs> but well just me I, I didn't see anything just me knowing what happens once people cross and how girls get all like oh that's a cue and blah 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 yeah. just, I don't know what they think happens golden sprinkles fall out the sky or something but <laughs> but other than, that, <laughs> other than that I never saw anything you know he's just always been a nice kid and one time I was like, okay, he here to stay. We treat him like, you know, when I say my nephew, you know, now I have three nephews. I don't say nephew-in-law. He's my nephew, you know. Yeah. And so even though, you know, he only makes four hamburger patties, he bites you over. <laughs> you can't say you ain't never got an invite. Oh, no, he invited me. just ain't got no food. <laughs> my mom ain't trying to say all the time. How let it go invite us over for, you know, he grilling and he didn't grill three wings. Four, four hamburger patties. I'm like, okay, we got to work on that part. But because if we, no, if we don't eat them, they go to waste. Listen, you know, I'm going to have to teach don't y'all. Let food go to waste. I'm going to have to teach Linda about the freezing. Game. We not about to freeze nothing. <laughs> Tracy freeze cakes. Don't do it, Pie. <laughs> Okay, it's eleven fifty. So I'm gonna wrap up. Don't hate. If I could freeze lettuce, I would. Now I do freeze my bread. <laughs> so what are you grateful for? What are you most grateful for? Um, one hundred percent my family. That's what's up. What are your guilty pleasures? All things being said, what do you like? You ain't got no money. Or if you have money, you can spend it on something or you can mm-hmm. do something. Just, you know, you ain't supposed to do it, but you do because it makes you feel good. What is it? Yeah. Um, No lie. Like you had to remind me yesterday, self-care Saturday. <laughs> and I don't even have to spend money as long as I get a break from them damn kids. <laughs> I am okay. But self-care Saturday, for those that don't know, is when I go to my mom's house and she will let me just be me by myself. Well, I attempt to be by myself because you have a little bit riling. Can we do this? It's great side. Can we go here? Can we go to Starbucks? So when I do get the oh, chance to just be- how she get to go to Starbucks? Girl, she's at Starbucks all the time. One time, one time my mom got her Starbucks and she came, and me and Jonathan was in the garage working out and she came in there and she told Jonathan, do you know what this is? It's Starbucks. <laughs> this is Starbucks. <laughs> like, get your money up. <laughs> so what do you do yeah. on self-care Saturdays? Self-care Saturdays, if I'm not, I'm trying to save money. So I, I learned how to do my own acrylic nails. I mean, they might pop off, but. <laughs> but you can do them back. Okay. You can do them. But I, you, you know, can fix it. Yeah. Uh, so I do my nails. I like deep condition my hair. I might just go in my room at my mom's house and just be by myself. That's a privilege. Trust me. Yeah. All right. Now I asked you this yesterday. You had time to think about it. 
What is the theme song for your life? And if you don't have a theme song, what would you have on your favorite playlist? How about that? You, the thing that gets repeated the most on my phone is white noise. <laughs> Why white noise? Because it does something late and it puts them to sleep. <laughs> I'm dead. And I have white noise on repeat. <laughs> Maybe I have a theme song on my next segment. I can't. But right imagine. now, moments with Ash, no moments with a millennial. I don't have, I, I honestly don't have a theme song. You cannot pick your own episode. Listen, hey. I had a whole iPod and had three songs. What were the three songs on? I don't even remember it because I didn't play it. <laughs> you don't listen to music that much. I don't. Lena used to get mad when we would drive from he- here to Houston or Houston to here. And I'd be like, can we just talk? Like, oh, no yeah, music. No, I'm with like, <laughs> I don't want to talk. And like, let's listen to our thoughts. Matter of fact, when I'm driving with mama, I'm trying to listen to a podcast or listen to music and she's trying to talk to me and I'm like, I just want to listen to my music. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's not, I don't know. That's not my thing. either. I'm with Leonard on that. You oh, got to get you a theme song though. So you have one by the next time we interview. But then it'll be a couple's theme song if we're going to do me. Y'all can have a couple's theme song. You can have a your own well for you y'all can Girl, just have to have a couple because everything his favorite song <laughs> don't do Lena. him personally <laughs> <laughs> well with that being said i thank you for doing this for me especially at the last minute you know a couple of my guests fell through but that's the nature of the game and um i just wanted the world to see you know the gen x millennial relationship is even though I hate y'all sometimes it's not always bad mm-hmm. and you know y'all do have um some some great characteristics on some things and I'm very proud of you and the uh, young lady that you have grown to be man there you go being soft be. again I am I'm, I gotta wrap it up <laughs> I gotta tell you something good I'm very proud I was excited you know, and I'm looking forward to continuing to talk to you and have better conversations that the world can hear. And then some things we talk about is just going to be between me and us, you know. Cool, cool. Sometimes, unless it's something I need to tell your mama. Because you still. Girl. You still okay, five. we're not in high school anymore. <laughs> You're still five. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for coming. And I look forward to talking to you. I guess Thursday, I guess I'll check up on you tomorrow to make sure you're good. Don't cuss out the people tomorrow. I'm done. No, it's so crazy because today at work, this, okay. It's, it's a lot of, I'm not racist. I'm not, any, I'm not prejudiced, no nothing, but this white guy, he came to my desk and he was like, are you ready for tomorrow? You should have said, I sure am. Are you I said, ready? Are you ready? There That's you go. what I said. Are you ready? The heck? Right. So just stay prayed up. Let God walk with you. You know, you got this. We got this. And we're gonna be all right. So, you know, I might be over there at child house tomorrow for safety, me and my mama. That's but I funny. think it'll be fine. Yeah, because they got Linda working um from two to three, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he ain't going to be home no time soon. He's going to keep everybody prayed up. Yeah. So, all right then, girl. I'll talk to you <laughs> later. Okay. Okay.